0: where does the word music come from have you ever played
1: tit tat toe tit tat toe that's correct
2: this is season seven of totally useless information with nick and roy listen laugh and learn hi i'm nick and i'm roy
0: scoured the internet this week to gather up some totally useless information
1: just for you plus we'll answer your questions in our mailbag segment and in the news they did it again no bull Uh totally useless information
0: it's everything you never needed to know
2: step right up folks don't be shy move it
1: totally useless information with nick and roy present games people play i like when she says move it oh yes <laughs> yeah move it okay all right in fact every time we hear that intro i sit up straight and i move it yeah 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 mm. all right so i'm gonna give you the teaser right off the bat because you got all confused that you said when i said have you ever played tit tat toe i'm not yeah
0: i am I'm, I'm now i'm intrigued here to know what tit Rat-tat-toe is I've heard of tick, tac toe, but not tit tat toe. Right,
1: not since high school. Anyway, this game was although played...
0: I've eaten some rat tattooey.
1: This game, <laughs> I'm glad you finished that sentence. This game was played by throwing a pencil at a slate covered with numbers, then assigning a score based on counting the numbers it hit with the pencil. Pretty straight, you know, straightforward game. Think right. of it like a strange version of darts. Historians believe. The name at the time, Tit-Tat-Toe, came from the sound of the pencil hitting the board. But with a (laughs) slight Americanization of tic-tac-toe, the name would wind up living on, even if the actual game wouldn't.
0: Oh, so we kind of changed it around and stole the name.
1: That's right. Why didn't
0: we call it Tit-Tat-Toe?
1: Tit for tat, I guess.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Jeopardy! Yes. Yes. I love Jeopardy. I miss Alex Trebek, though. All these new uh, game show hosts. Have you seen it
1: lately? I haven't. Not for long, because I'm sorry. It, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. It's not the same. But,
0: you know, my wife loves it. She watches it all the time. And uh, I, I enjoy it. Uh, did you ever notice, though, that every contestant is the same exact height? No. Oh, yeah. Now, they think are actually... about it. Okay. Think about it. Yeah. Every contestant is exactly the same height. And that's because there are hydraulic and electric pedestals behind each contestant stand that brings them up to the same exact perfect head height. So their heads are all exactly the same. So the camera doesn't have to move. Wow. Yes. So I thought that was kind of cool. And you can go on jeopardy.com and I believe they show it on jeopardy.com. The back of the uh, thing where the blocks
1: lift up out of the floor. So it doesn't matter. You have to be this tall to play, but it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, you could be 4'11 or 6'4 and you'll be exactly the same height. The only difference is the microphone will be in that woman's belly button. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> what is lint? <laughs> yeah, what is
0: lint?
1: <laughs> right, because you have to answer. You know, you're saying you know, uh, yeah. Jeopardy is not the same with Alex Trebek, although Bob Barker is still alive, although he's Almost 100, I believe, and he's really not doing too well. But The Price is Right without Bob Barker. I'm sorry. I know that um, Drew Carey. Drew Drew... Carey. That's right. So, yeah. So, I mean, The Price is Right is a classic game. I mean, I remember uh, watching The Price is Right when I was sick. You know, you're home from from school, you're sick, and it was on during the day. And every time I hear the, The Price is Right theme, I smell my grandparents. Not because they smelled, but it's because I was just going to say it (laughs) it brought me back to that time. Come
0: Uh, on down and take a shower.
1: That's right. There you go. Um, (laughs) So the Game Boy version of Tetris was first played in space in 1993. uh, Tetris traveled aboard a Soyuz TM-17 rocket to the Mir space station. Mir
0: space station. Mir, Mir
1: space station. Right. Where it was played by Russian cosmonauts. And the game was later sold at an auction for $1,220. That's pretty cheap. It is. That's because it's
0: Russians. And I had the Americans played, it probably would have been a lot more.
1: Yeah, they just took their time when they played it. Get it? Russian? Yeah.
0: Remember the $10,000 pyramid?
1: Yes, with Dick Clark.
0: Well, I actually went to that show. Oh, you did? And it was by mistake. We were walking in Manhattan, me and a friend, and... The, this guy opened the door and he said, Come on, quick, get in. And oh. we were like, What? So we just walked in and it was the $10,000 pyramid. He thought that we had been online and were waiting to get in, but we didn't. We were just walking there. So we get into the show and we watch the show. And I was amazed at the fact that the, the stage was so small. Right. Dick Clark was almost right on top of the contestants. And the thing where you sat to do the pyramid was really small. I mean, it was like right on top of everybody. And the show, when you watch it on television, gives this amazing effect of it being so big and large, and the soundstage is super small. And you remember when we went to see um, Late Night with uh, David David Letterman. That's right. Right? Remember how the band is right on top of the desk almost. It's Mm. like, you know, crazy. But so I was thinking to myself, the Wheel of Fortune. My wife watches that before Jeopardy. Okay. Well, what size is the wheel? It appears really big, right? Oh,
1: wow. That's a great great question. And the answer is?
0: 72 inches. It's the size of a dinette table.
1: Really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. It just looks.
0: <laughs> the camera pans sideways on it, you know, so it gives it that additional size look. When they spin it, it just it, it elongates the hell out of it and, and blows it up. It's crazy. It's 72 inches in circumference.
1: Wow. That is, uh, see, that's why. (laughs) Listen, listen, laugh, and learn. Wow, that's awesome. Now, let's go back to Tetris. So Tetris not only was in space, it helps reduce trauma. In 2009, researchers determined that Tetris inhibited painful flashbacks when they exposed three groups of people to a 21-minute video showing traumatic events or listening Mm -hmm. to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy.
0: That'll set you off.
1: (laughs) Members of the group that played Tetris for 10 minutes after viewing these traumatic events experienced fewer flashbacks about the events in the video than those with the other groups. So according to research findings, playing Tetris engages the part of the brain responsible for storing memories. So try playing Tetris for up to six hours after a traumatic event for fewer nightmares. That's like the solution. I
0: remember playing Tetris was a dramatic event for me and Mary Tetris was a wild woman I tell you. (laughs) She She, was yeah
1: and she was stacked (laughs) (laughs) if you know what I mean
0: Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy yes because now I started digging into Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy yeah and it's funny because Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy both film one week's worth of shows in one day Okay. Okay. So in like two months, they filmed the entire year.
1: Crazy, right? Yeah. And I think uh, I remember when we did um, games and I was talking about Match Game. I believe they also did the same thing. I think that what they did was they filmed a whole week's worth over a weekend because yeah. Gene Rayburn, who was the host, lived on the East Coast That he would fly out to Los Angeles. They would tape a whole bunch of uh, episodes of Match Game from uh, the mid-70s. Yeah. In fact, they used the same stage. Here's some bonus facts. See, you thought you were just listening to just you know just a few flax, a few flax. Sure, some flax seeds will help you go. <laughs> some <flabbing. laughs> That's right. So you can have some flax seeds while you're watching the game. But what would happen is they would couldn't use.
0: Could be a prostate, I tell
1: you. It is. But can't, you know, I couldn't put my finger on it. So um, they use the same stage as The Price is Right. And that same stage in CBS Studios was also the same stage that the Carol Burnett Show was filmed on. So they, ah, they well, maybe they just had one stage.
0: Yeah, and if you're gonna put your finger on it, I hope you wash it. But here you go. Let me just explain this to you, though. Here's the cool part. Yeah. So they film a show, and then they take 15 minutes for the the hosts and like I guess Vanna and the contestant that wins that goes on to the next show. They have to change clothes because
1: they <laughs> Right, to so pretend that it was the next day.
0: Yes. Yes. So so they have to, they, they actually take fifteen minutes
1: to change wardrobe and
0: then come back and film the next show as though it's another week or so or whatever, another day or whatever.
1: So not only is your wife a big fan of game shows, so am I. I mean I'm a huge fan of the old classics of Match Game, and you mentioned the ten thousand dollar and then hundred thousand dollar pyramid. Um, but I remember watching some of the episodes and, and that's right. They they usually had different wardrobe. But there were some episodes where the contestants wore the exact same outfit two or three games in a row.
2: And there so, you I'm, go. so that's,
1: why. that's why, and I'm thinking Did they not have any faith that they weren't going to win at all That they just brought one, not even a change of clothes they And figured Nick
0: to, felt bad for them And said, oh, I hope they win more money This way they can buy some clothes Some more
1: clothes, exactly <laughs> And then the advertisement come on uh, The Price is Right is brought to you by uh, uh, Tom's Place Clothing <laughs> Yeah, right So let's go back to Tic-Tac-Toe The proper game, okay So right. we, we talked about Not how, the
0: tick, not the tick.
1: No, this is tick tic-tac-toe and not when you go into it's not when you go into the forest to uh view some deer no no, no. okay Tick, tack,
0: toe, I know. so yeah, I
1: know. here are some tips on how to win tic-tac-toe hmm. when you're the first one to go up there's a simple strategy on how to win you put your x in any corner this move will pretty much send you to the winner's circle just about every time as long as your opponent doesn't put their o in the center box
0: I know, it's such an idiotic game,
1: you know? And if you're not sure what your next move is going to be, experts po- there are experts here, okay? According to some experts, they point out the symmetry. Expert tic-tac-toe. That's right. Which <laughs> you this business card? What's your specialty, sir? Tic-tac-toe.
0: Oh, oh, yes, I'm an expert.
1: If you're not sure what the next move is, according <laughs> to these experts, they point out the symmetry is always the best bet. So when contemplating your next move on tic-tac-toe, Look for the one that will always make the board as symmetrical as possible. Ah, there you go. Yeah.
0: Boy, that's from a professional.
1: Yeah.
0: You ever watch the show Cash Cab?
1: Yes, I have. Right? I mean, it's
0: a pretty cool show. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Right? Except for one thing the people hail the cab down, they get in, and then all of a sudden the lights go on. Wee, 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 you're on Cash Cab. Yeah, yeah. It's fake. What? The people do not hail the cab down, they're chosen beforehand. They know they're coming on. They sign all kinds of waivers, and by the way, they do not get paid cash. So,
1: so why they, are they give
0: them cash, but they give it right back. They receive checks in the mail, of course, with taxes take appropriate taxes taken out.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> cash cab has a lot better ring to it than uh, checks in the mail cab. Exactly. <laughs> you yeah. know. Now, here's a bonus fact about that. But that particular show. So, there's this one couple who, you know supposedly hailed the cab and went in. Well, they didn't realize they were going to be contestants, so they went in, and as soon as they found out that it was cash cab, they said, please stop, stop, just stop. And they said, why? Because they were having an affair. They weren't really a true couple. And so they told them to stop rolling the cameras, and they had to get out of the cab, and they promised to erase the tape because they were not supposed so to I be... So I believe
0: that my my fact today has shown that that was probably a lie just to promote the, the show or <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, that's right.
1: laughs> right, here's no lie you're listening to totally <laughs> useless information with nick and roy week after week we appreciate you uh, tuning in we have 66 countries now in, in one of my last checks on the uh, speaking of checks but checking out the stats we have several listeners in austria One of our newest countries. So thank you. Welcome aboard. We're also on every um, iHeartRadio talk station in Canada, coast to coast to coast. We thank you for that. Thank you for all of your support. We're going to give you some information when you visit our website. We have some new and exciting stuff. But before we get there...
2: From Beethoven to Bieber. Rock and roll to rhythm and blues. This is Totally Useless Music Information with Nick and Roy.
1: Do you like how I tickled the ivories? Yeah, that was very good. That was yeah. a good tickling. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you, know,
0: you know, Nick, I got to tell everybody about going on to Nick and dot com and clicking on birthday messages because uh, we are just inundated with birthday message, with b- birthday messages. But this is the best gift that you could ever buy for somebody. It is amazing. It's literally a mini show. We do a mini show for that person's uh, for the day that that person was born. You get all kinds of information and it is fun and it is a great gift and people are going nuts over it. And if you go there now and you order a birthday message, you can order a birthday message for somebody three, four months from now. Mm -hmm. You'll get a free 12 month subscription to our new newsletter, which people are going nuts for as well and uh, we'll get into that more at the end i wanted to talk about something uh, about with the with the uh, newsletter so go on nick
1: well that's music to my ears the group the honey drippers were an english rock and roll band from the 1980s
0: does everything you have today have sexual connotations to it
1: oh the honey drippers (laughs) no they don't (laughs) you make them into sexual connotations or sexual connections
0: yeah yeah so the honey double parking no no, double
1: parking yeah i'm already there and it's not legal uh the honey in the gutter (laughs) drip the honey drippers the honey drippers are the the rock and roll uh, group of the 1980s they got their name from an american blues singer also known as the honey dripper we're not saying why his name was roosevelt sykes by the way former led zeppelin lead singer robert plant formed the group in 1981 to satisfy his long-term goal of having a rock and roll band with a heavy rhythm and blues basis. So the band was Led Zeppelin member Jimmy Page, the late Jeff Beck, former Yardbirds member.
0: He just died. Yeah, He did
1: recently, Jeff Beck. uh, Other friends, including David Letterman's longtime band leader, Paul Schaefer. Yeah, Paul Schaefer was a
0: pretty big deal back
1: then. He was, and he's also a a fellow Canadian, by the way. And the uh, band released only one recording, the EP. You know what an EP is, right? sure yeah sure extra long playing you got it um then what it was what I, Why why can't they say elp but what no but that was the name of another group i see i get it uh anyway i thought
0: it was an elp
1: it says an ep extended play huh. oh um, extended play. there you go the honey drippers volume one that's in- what
0: that's what um they used to call me that in high school ep <laughs> but it wasn't You had to replace the word play.
1: That's right. Yeah. Then they told you EP, go home. So anyway, the big (laughs) hit in 1985 was the remake of the Phil Phillips song, Sea of Love. Yes. The Honey Drippers.
0: Come with me, my love. There you go. Yeah.
1: That was a good song, too. It was. Yes.
0: The word music. This was my teaser. The word music originated from the Greeks because most words originate from the Greeks. That's right. But the Greek word, musaki, which means the art of muse. Oh, okay. And we eventually adopt
1: the word music from musaki. I thought musaki is a Japanese thing that you... Oh, no, that's different. Now, this <laughs> this next fact is courtesy of my colleague. Uh, I work here at a new stock station in Toronto. Uh, his name is Joe, and he gave me this fact. Frontman Iron Maiden, Bruce Dickinson was a commercial pilot for Astrius Airlines. He was the captain of Iron Maiden's converted charter airplane, Ed Force One, cool. d- during their world tours. So he, Joe was telling me that, f- that flying instead of driving enabled the band to fit the musicians, the crew, and the rig, and everything else into one vehicle, the plane, and he would fly them around.
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. See, that's a good fact. So thank
1: you, Joe. Joe from uh, Newstock 1010.
0: Musicians have a shorter lifespan. A study was done from the University of Sydney that's in Australia. For those of you that don't know, <laughs> they took artists between 1950 and 2014 and found that artists' lifespan, Get Ready, was 25 years shorter than the normal population. Wow. <laughs> wow. Talk about sex, drug and drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> yeah so i couldn't even say it see i can't talk about it <laughs> no you can't
1: <laughs> you get tongue tied
0: yeah that's pretty wild right 25 years
1: speaking of uh, sex drugs and rock and roll elvis i don't know how oh, many yeah. people knew this but he was a black belt in two styles of karate really taekwondo and kang ri he read an article about karate while he was in the army stationed i know it's karate but i just figured i get a little fancy yeah. karate isn't that how you yeah. say it? Yeah, Karate. Karate. Um, yeah. He read an article while he was stationed in Germany and found an instructor nearby. When he went back home to Memphis, he continued his training and eventually worked martial arts moves and clothing into his acting scenes. He preferred to be called by his karate name, the tiger. But he was most often referred to by the nickname that actor Danny Thomas gave him, which was... Dollface. The drug addict. No, no, no. Dollface. <laughs> or drug face. Dollface.
0: Dollface.
1: Dollface, yeah. That's a
0: good that's a good tough name, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Dollface.
1: Dollface. Dollface. You face. do Doll...
0: know I took Taekwondo for a number of years, right?
1: No, I did not know that actually.
0: My uncle owned a judo studio in the Bronx in New York, and my dad, I would assume, helped fund it. OK, so um, my dad said, take some karate lessons. So I was like, OK. And I went there and I took about two years worth of Taekwondo. I got up to like, I don't even know a belt anymore. Right. We, we didn't even do
1: belts back then. We just beat people up. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was a loosened belt.
0: Till this day, though. The the. They teach you so how to react to somebody throwing a punch at you. Till this day, you'll do the move that you learned, because it's just so instinctive. Pretty interesting.
1: So maybe one day you'll demonstrate that. We'll do. You'll we'll take a video of you showing people how to stop from getting punched in the face. There you go. There you go, great. But I'll then, get some
0: assailant to try and take something from me, and I'll beat the hell out of him right on film. Yeah, just tell them that.
1: <laughs> just tell them that you're Roy from Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Yeah, they don't want
0: to beat the hell out of me anyway. Exactly.
1: <laughs> I could
0: think of, of of a few countries and a bunch of groups that would like to beat the hell out of me.
1: <laughs> the the line forms here. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a
0: bunch of Frenchmen. Scientists have found singing in a group releases oxytocin hmm. which is a stress relieving hormone so which relaxes the body and makes you feel good about yourself so singing with a group of people helps you feel good i guess that's why people that sing in a choir on sunday feel good you know makes them feel good sure didn't didn't work for the beatles
1: <laughs> no it didn't <laughs> But we, uh, when we went to high school, we sang in a choir, right? The Christopher Columbus uh, Senior Choir. The Which senior is chorus. why I
0: sing alone now. That's right, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I uh,
0: felt good enough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's the one that they asked you, could you please sing Far, Far Away? Is that a new song? No, it's a geographical suggestion. Elvis was also somewhat superstitious. He was always careful to dress in the same order first the right sleeve, then the right pant leg, right sock, right shoe, before dressing his left side. So first the right sleeve, then the right pant leg, right sock, right shoe, then he would do the left sleeve, the left pant leg, left sock, left shoe. His cousin once said Elvis was superstitious to the point of being suspicious of anyone who wasn't superstitious. Talk about suspicious minds. Wow, that's crazy. See
0: what you learn on this show, folks? A study done at the University of Barcelona. That's in Spain, folks.
1: Espanol, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks Thanks for the geology lesson.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I I fill in the blanks, you know. Using uh, the college students at the University of Barcelona, they showed that some people just don't feel music. Now, normal people listen to songs. They begin to either tap a finger or they tap their toes or foot. They move some part, body parts to the music. When I was in high school, no, I'm not no, going to go there. No, no, don't, <laughs> no, don't go there. No. But you move, you'll, you'll tap your foot, you'll tap the toe. Well, guess what? They found that a good percentage of people just don't feel the music. And so they don't move their body parts. Isn't
1: that crazy? you're listening to Totally Uses Information with Nick and Roy. Okay, we'll stop teasing you. Go to nickandroy.com. You have yes. so many things you can do there. One, you can go and click on episodes. You can go back to all of our library of Totally Uses Information episodes We're starting from the very first one our pilot episode.
0: What you, is it? Like 140 now? 150?
1: 160 and counting. We're getting there. Wow, it's, it's unbelievable. Wow. So then you can also go up at the top there in the menu. You can see birthday slash anniversary. So Roy touched on it a little bit. You can order a very special birthday message or now anniversary messages for your special someone. We produce a mini totally useless information show about their birthday or their anniversary, depending on what you order.
0: It's the greatest gift. People are literally, the emails that we're getting, it's just amazing. We get them from the person who bought it for somebody and then we get them from the person who got it. They want to find out how do they get it for someone else. It's just it's a great, great gift. Plus, we have the newsletter now. There's so many things, you know, uh, we don't ask people for donations like the Patreon things that a lot of podcasts ask people to donate, give some money to them, a dollar or two or three or four or 20, you know, but we don't want to do that to people. If we're going to ask you for something, we want to give you something in return. And that's why we started the newsletter. It's 1995. You get a whole year, twelve editions of totally useless information newsletter, and it's not just some. It's cool, guys. It's personal stuff, uh, ways to get in touch with us, to change the show, and do things on the show. It, it, it's just, it's great. So go to NickandRoy.com. Look at all the stuff that's on there, and you could see pictures of us. It's
1: real cool. It's worth the 1995 just to you know shut down the browser. You're listening to Totally <laughs> Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Your
2: weekly sweet and savory facts of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Come and get
0: it. Mm-hmm. So, Nick, yes, we've
2: all we've all
0: heard this. So, I'm going to ask you, what's the most important meal of the day? Breakfast. Of course, because everybody knows that, right? Because that's doctors and scientific fact that breakfast
1: is the most important meal of the day. Absolutely. We learned that from when we were really, really young, from when we were that high.
0: Well, in 1944, the General Foods Corporation spent millions at the time on a new cereal they had called Grape Nuts. Oh. And they began with the slogan, the most important meal of the day is breakfast. So eat grape nuts because it's real good for you and healthy. But there was never any scientific fact to the fact that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. In fact, it doesn't matter. <laughs> any meal. Okay. So it is. it was an advertising ploy that we just take for granted as a fact.
1: But okay. So I remember I never had grape nuts. Have you?
0: I actually have eaten grape nuts, yes. It's a very good cereal.
1: Okay, so I never understood why people would want to eat grape nuts. It would be kind of crunchy, but I thought it was actually grape nuts. So I wanted to find out. So uh, grape nuts are, are actually not related to grapes or nuts. They're, no, they're, there's
0: no grape in grape nuts.
1: No, there isn't. Or nuts. So who
0: thought up this stupid name? I'm going to find that out.
1: Well, it's maybe it's because it's grain nuts, and maybe, I, I don't know. But I, that's why I never asked my mom to get it, because I'm like, why would you eat grape nuts? I, you know, it's not good for breakfast. It's a
0: very good cereal. It it's is. very good, and very healthy for you, especially with the most important meal of the day.
1: <laughs> Allegedly. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Whoever heads up the public relations for the anchovy lobby deserves a few extra zeros at the end of their paycheck. After reportedly being killed by millennials, because the millennials, you know, they really ruined a lot of things. But thanks for listening to Totally useless Information. In <laughs> Just four years ago, canned fish like tuna and sardines are surging in popularity, mm-hmm. receiving huge boosts from TikTok and sustainability trends. And it's tough to get the fish to swim into the can. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, they, that was the problem. <laughs> the millennials were going fishing for cans. So sales of canned food shot up by 10% to $2.7 billion last year.
0: It's because millennials don't know how to cook. They know how to open a can, right?
1: Well, the primary driver is TikTok, in which aesthetic photogenic tinned fish boards are prepared as part of a romantic date night charcuterie.
0: Nick likes to call TikTok. (laughs) That's
1: right. TikTok. While some other users claim the trend is giving the Great Depression, it doesn't seem to be slowing down. Over the course of last year, users on the app of TikTok posted their tinned fish dinners, some claiming Mm -hmm. to do this every week, and and hashtag now has more than 26 million views. But companies are jumping on board the canned wagon, Uh, utilizing vintage design styles and packaging and developing new strategies like selling pairing kits to move fish. Scout Canning, a popular Vancouver-based brand here in Canada, told the Wall Street Journal that the revenues jumped 82% in 2022. So, could you imagine? They want a pair, a can of tuna. So, what kind of wine can I offer you with that can of salmon?
0: Yeah, it comes in a box. (laughs) That's right.
1: (laughs) It's a (laughs) fine.
0: You know the difference anyway, right? (laughs) That's right. These millennials—they took all this woke stuff. You know how many dolphins die to get that tuna fish? That's right.
1: It. You know it, So that you have a canned uh, fish and a box of beautiful wine.
0: Well, there's certain things that I love, but they don't love me. Oh. And I'm not talking about most of my girlfriends from high school.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. They all sang the same tune.
0: It's funny because I always... Go all the way back to high school because I'm married for like almost
1: freaking thirty nine years. Coming right? up on forty years and next next year is going to be the big 4 Wow. Zero. Wow. wow.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. So, but there's certain things I love and don't love me, and one of them is cauliflower. Oh. What why? Oh, what, yes. what happens? I love it. I love it. But the next day, for some reason, I feel as though the cauliflower is following me around. <laughs> 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 Very sneaky. Sneaky cauliflower.
1: <laughs> the, 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 you know you know why they can hear because they have cauliflower ears okay thank you yes. very much
0: but anyway cauliflower which i pronounced properly it's not kali it's cauliflower. cauliflower yes cauliflower originated in the color purple but it also grows in green and orange i never knew this i never knew i knew it came in like a very light green color but I did not know orange, and those are natural colors. The white variety is the least amount of antioxidants. The orange, the green, and the purple have more antioxidants than the white, but of course the white grows faster, so we see mostly white cauliflower. It's, of course, economics. That's
1: pretty cool. All right, next time I'll remember that when I go shopping for a cauliflower. Well, oh. if
0: you want to remember just hang around with me the next day.
1: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the most important meal of the day, hanging out with Roy. <laughs> so the following few facts: Just hang out
0: with me in an elevator. You'll see how great it is. <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> so uh, here are some misleading foods. French toast isn't French. Of course not. According to a collection <laughs> of recipes from the early fifth century A.D., the dish we all know as French toast existed as early as the age of Roman of the Roman Empire. In their style of French toast called pan dulcis, like sweet bread, Romans would yeah. soak bread in a milk and egg mixture, then fry it in oil or butter. Others believed that French toast was created by medieval European cooks who needed to use every bit of food they could find to feed their families. So they knew that day-old bread could be revived when moistened and heated. They added eggs for additional moisture and protein.
0: Wow. See?
1: i like french toast oh a little sprinkle of um cinnamon
0: cinnamon and maple syrup
1: and a shot of whipped cream maybe some
0: maybe some nice fresh strawberries over the top Mm. maybe a little blueberry yeah and cauliflower you know because breakfast (laughs) is the most important meal of the day (laughs) (laughs) now i eat french toast for dinner sometimes
1: you know what um so I lost this article, but years ago I worked uh, in early mornings on the weekend, and the uh, lifestyle editor of one of the local papers did an article on on me. And basically, the headline was something like uh, "Dinner uh, Breakfast." The
0: headline for- was the headline was I don't have anybody else that I could possibly think of to do an article about, so here it is.
1: <laughs> well, I was living alone at the time, but, but but the article was was some the headline was something like uh breakfast for dinner because of the odd hours that i had and oddly enough oh, now i'm, sure, I'm sure. going back to these uh, to these weird hours because i'm working early morning here in toronto but um so so yeah i would have breakfast for dinner so that kind of reminds me of that so it doesn't matter when it is it is the most important meal of the day
0: really lima beans uh-huh. could be deadly Why? I find strange because my wife's been trying to feed me raw lima beans. (laughs) Yes, she's like, just have them as a snack, honey. They're good for you. They're healthy. Yeah. Well, it's it works out that raw lima beans are loaded with cyanide. Oh, and if you eat a bunch of them, you're gonna die. Well, that's that's yes, yes. You can't eat. You shouldn't eat raw lima beans, because
1: they will kill you. And so aren't you glad, folks, that you listened to this show today? You know what? That wasn't useless information. That was not only useful. It's it saved your life.
0: It's been a while since we heard that. That sound happens when we do something good. Yeah, and that was really <laughs> good.
1: So remember, just to repeat It's and-
0: so funny. The other night yeah. uh, at about 1230, my wife played that. <laughs> <She
1: did. laughs> Boy, you're being helpful after she gave you a bowl full of lima beans. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay, here's something else that's misleading. German chocolate cake was not invented in Germany. That's not true. Contra-
0: Deutschland, Deutschland.
1: Okay, you're done? Every time we we mention the word Germany.
0: We hear Deutschland, Deutschland. Deutschland. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Okay. Right on cue. Contrary to what many people believe, this cake did not originate in Germany. The bo- Ooh, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's actually an American recipe. In 1852, Samuel German, an uh, English-American uh, baker who uh, worked for... German chocolate The baker's cake. chocolate company created a new type of dark baking chocolate, and therefore... Uh, the invention in 1852 of German chocolate cake. Wow.
0: See? There you go. So the French are screwed up and so are the Germans. <laughs> That's right. You see the price of eggs lately?
1: Oh, you kidding? Um, I went to the bank just to pick up uh, a voucher to get eggs. I know. It's crazy. It's like, what
0: would you like for dinner tonight, honey? Would you like filet mignon or an egg? They're the same price. (laughs) That's
1: right. (laughs) Probably the same amount of protein, yes.
0: Well, thank you, Joe Biden. But you can't just throw them out anymore. You know, years ago, you'd go in the fridge and you go, gee, I think we had these eggs for a long time. There's like five in the dad. Just throw them out and we'll get another dozen eggs, right? Right, Well, you don't do that anymore. No. But you don't have to go by the date on the cartons. You don't? Is No, no, no. You take those eggs. You fill up a glass of water halfway. Put the egg in the glass. If the egg floats, throw it out. Oh. If it sinks to the bottom, it's good
1: to eat. Hit the song. Oh, you mean the useful bar twice? Oh, my goodness. This show saves you money. All right, so let me give you a bonus fact here, okay? So egg cartons. Oh. The yes. egg carton was invented in Canada ah. in 1911 in British Columbia on the West Coast by Joseph Coyle after overhearing a dispute over broken eggs between a local farmer and a hotel owner. So he was a newspaper man and a part-time inventor. He designed the very first egg carton from newspaper which co- with cushioned slots for each egg. Ah, See, that was smart because they are so fragile. You know? They are, and so are Canadians, and now apparently. the
0: price of eggs, boy, it's, it's more important. It's really, honestly, it's nuts. It is. $5, $6 a carton of eggs.
1: Yeah. Uh, doesn't that sound to 50 cents an egg? Why, why did the chicken cross the road? Because eggs were too expensive. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> here's some more. There's, I don't, does that make any sense? Here's another misleading no, food. Baked Alaska was made where? In France. No, in New York City. <laughs> in the united states it is accepted. <laughs> no it, no it wasn't actually so how could you have a baked alaska in the united states it is accepted that baked alaska first appeared under the name alaska florida at delmonico's restaurant in new york sometime in the mid-1850s it was an invention of pastry chef charles ranhofer to cash in on the fame in honor of the recent alaska purchase it originally consisted of banana ice cream, walnut spice cake, and meringue. Well, that makes sense. See, folks, that makes sense. That's what—that's a good one to write down because
0: that's one of those, you know, stumpers, you know?
1: That's right. Where was the Alaska, where was Bake Alaska uh, created? Alaska. Uh, sorry. Wrong. For the Alaskan purchase, though, that was a big deal, you know? It was. And they held on to the receipt, thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no refunds. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. We've uh, told you that to, we've invited you to go to our website, nickandroy.com, and that's where you can send us an email. Just click on Contact Us. What's in the
2: mailbag? What's in the mail?
1: They can even,
0: they can even leave uh, voice voicemails to us.
1: So funny you should say that. So a voicemail message. So uh, someone from the West Coast here in, in Canada did send us a voicemail message. And her name was Mary Louise. Mm-hmm. Now, we, I mentioned her a, a few weeks ago on the radio, and she emailed me. And she said, oh, my goodness, I heard your show, and we love your show. And I heard not only my email, but I heard my voicemail message. Please tell Roy that my name is Mary Louise. Oh, See, Nick gave me the wrong information. No, it wasn't me. <laughs> so she says, in your picture, I'd like to know, is Nick the one with the dark hair and a bit of beard and Roy wearing the white hat? So, no, I'm the one that's follically challenged. Roy's the one with the beard. <laughs> she also said that when, she, when we mentioned metal music in Helsinki, she was visiting her daughter, Naomi who worked there for two years in September 2019 and saw a group outdoors playing that. Very, very interesting. So she said, thank you very much. Uh, Keep entertaining us all, Nick and Roy. Mary Louise from British Columbia. So she left us a voicemail message. You can do so at nickandroy.com. My mailbag today, Amanda Shanks from Raleigh, North Carolina. Dear Nick and Roy amanda shanks does she live in jail no she doesn't <laughs> the old shank, you know yeah, and she, she was shank. redeemed um we love listening to your show every week my family and friends now make it a game when we discuss your show on the weekends you guys claim to be useless but we don't believe you we learn so much from your show well thank you uh here's my question I was visiting a friend in a hospital and wondered why doctors wear white coats when visiting patients in their rooms and blue scrubs when they're in surgery. Keep up the great work, and we look forward to hearing your answer. So, Amanda Shanks, thank you. Traditionally, this is all due to what they call color psychology. White is most commonly used to make cleaning and disinfecting easier and also looks pure because they show that the contaminants, so when the... the, uh, coats are contaminated the dark shades will show and they'll, they'll see well your lab coat is dirty needs to be cleaned scrub blue is calming and soothing and darker blues are associated with professionalism
0: yeah i'll tell you the last time nick saw somebody in a white coat it took us two years to get him out
1: <laughs> that's right and they said <laughs> wait a minute are you supposed to don't the sleeves go in front of me not behind me
0: like, try this jacket on. It's
1: beautiful, isn't it? That's right. Uh, Colors like red and black. (laughs) Colors like red and black have traditionally been avoided because they're associated with blood and death, respectively.
0: Oh, wow. So, of course, they had the blue. But you'd think that they'd go with white scrubs because it's easier to bleach the blood out and stuff. But whatever.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's science.
0: Martin from williston florida and i said where the hell is williston florida so i actually looked it up it's above gainesville okay uh, it's under gainesville and uh it's in between o- ocala and gainesville that's the best way for me to say it it's on the west coast okay it's called williston florida he says you guys amaze me oh. which martin doesn't have a really like Good life, I guess, you know, because we're amazing to him. But okay. he says the show is great. Who thought that so much information would be free to anyone and everyone that wants to tune in? We thank you so much for all you do. Hmm. Well, Martin, that was very well put. And we do appreciate it because it does it does take time to put this show together. And folks, it's free. It's on every podcasting platform, and we're on the radio in Canada from coast to coast to coast, and we're all over the place. We're on Sirius XM radio. And uh, so, you know, but we, we have to thank you guys for that. He says, but, he said, and this was a very long email. He said, but, and I'm so I'm just cutting into certain spots, but your newsletter is really so much more than I even expected it to be. The personal stuff is amazing, and the extra facts are super helpful. Thanks so much. I enjoy reading it. So, Martin, thank you. Thank you very much for a, an amazing email. Very, very nice, and and we do appreciate it. And we, we're glad you're on board with the newsletter, folks. I think we had uh, 160 people sign up the first week.
1: They did, and uh, and so, uh, so actually somebody said, you know, um why are you charging 1995 for the air because well there are some costs involved that we've been absorbing but just it'll help support the show um but yeah uh, we
0: don't go out folks we we don't want to be beholden to anybody or anything so we don't want anybody telling us how to run the show what content to put on the show we do what we want to do and in order to do that and give it to you free a lot of these podcasts, like I said before, they have these Patreon accounts where they ask you to donate money to them. We don't want you to donate to mm-hmm. us, you know, unless you want to. And then you could do that, too. But you know, but yeah. we really want to give you something for what you're giving us. Exactly. And so we invented the newsletter and we took it real seriously. It took us months to put this thing together and we, so that it would be good. It wouldn't just be some some thing. You know, so so you'll you'll be the judge of it when you get it.
1: And we want to thank everyone on the staff here. A total useless information with Nick and Roy to put it together because uh, it's not us writing that stuff because we can't write at all. We uh,
0: can't even speak half the time. Exactly. <laughs> Today
1: on the show, we talked about games. We talked about food. We talked about music. It's time for the news.
2: Oh no! From around the corner and around the world. This is TUI News.
1: Well, it happened again. No bull. Back in Season 4, Episode 10, we reported to you about how thieves targeted a farm in Southeast Minnesota that contained an unusual and surprisingly valuable item. I remember this. Bull semen. The semen. Caper. The Austin Daily Herald reports. Those scum. Those Come at, at that. T- come, again. <laughs> come again. The Austin Daily yeah. Herald reported at that time a canister containing seventy thousand dollars. Like you, hold on. You're thinking we're kidding around. This is like, oh, you guys just you know just goofing around. No, the canister at that time in that story it contained seventy thousand dollars worth of bull semen. It was stolen near a barn near Leroy, yeah, and Laneck on the border with Iowa. The canister was taken from the farmer's unlocked barn and milking parlor and possibly took place between 11 and 3.30 p.m. So that was that story. But recently, police in western Germany... (gasps) They are appealing for help in cracking a potentially very cold case. Authorities say that 60 containers of bull sperm was stolen... 60, six zero containers of bullsprings. Oh, that's
0: big, that's big money.
1: It is. They were stolen from a farm in the town of Olfen, which is uh, 56 well, miles. Well,
0: if one thing was 70,000, how many was 60?
1: Police say in a statement. I
0: guess that's considered a stroke of genius. It was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no bull. Um, the police said in a statement that while it's unclear how the Russell happened, because they called it a Russell, the precious yeah. cargo needs to be super cooled with liquid nitrogen at a hundred and minus one hundred and ninety six degrees Celsius or minus three hundred and twenty degrees Fahrenheit so it wasn't so it wouldn't spoil. Sure.
0: You don't want you don't want that stuff spoiling.
1: No, not at all. So you Or need, getting <laughs> out
0: of the canister. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe it's frozen and they drop it in the cracks. No. So they are seeking tips from the public who might lead to the recovery. Three, two. Mm-hmm. They're seeking some tips from the public that might lead to the recovery of the bull semen. So
0: this is happening all over the world, Nick. This is it's not a, just happening in the United States. It is
1: a global problem that bull semen is being stolen left, right, and center.
0: Yeah, yeah. They should have brought the army in instead of the navy, because <laughs> the semen... <laughs> no, you know. that's right. No, <laughs> oh
1: oh. no! Oh, now yes. I know what you're talking about. Exactly. Finally, it took him a bit. Yeah, what Ooh. it takes. It's okay, folks. Uh, it takes Roy ninety minutes to what, sixty minutes. He'll be okay. So,
0: so what do they do? Do you think that they walk into the bull stall and hand him a couple of like uh, cow magazines? <laughs> That's right,
1: cowgirl. You think
0: he does this on his own, or do you think that he has some manual manipulation going on here? Listen,
1: they 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 look at cowgirl magazines
0: cowgirl magazines and bring in an old Hoover vacuum. <laughs> what the hell is going on right. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. exactly. I want to know how they fill up 60 miles.
1: <laughs> I mean, this is insanity. So they dim the lights. They play some cool jazz music. And yeah. then they go, hey, Bull, it's your turn.
0: Yeah. Check <laughs> this one out. Oh, your hands are cold. <laughs>
1: Uh, that's all Check that's, this
0: one out. Her name is Elsie. Elsie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. She gets around. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, you know what happens, you know, when they fool around, they don't protect it's themselves. It's
0: like the cow's like, right swipe, right swipe, right swipe.
1: <laughs> <That's> right.
0: <laughs> you know what? He's not a dating site. That's
1: right. And they chose the other one. The other one. <laughs> that's right. So, it's so, called yeah.
0: hot calves.
1: so they they, what they do is they if they don't protect themselves they can get cow disease anyway that's all the time that we have
0: you know how they have on like facebook and stuff they have meetups yes they call them meet moves
1: (laughs) move Move ups that's all the time that we have for this episode of Oh come
0: on (laughs) let's spend some more time with the folks
1: no 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 that's all the time that we have for this episode of totally useless information with nick and roy we truly sincerely thank you very much for listening we will scour the internet and other sources along with our staff here at totally useless information to get you all kinds of useless information for next time
0: and until next week tell everyone you know about this show and not only that Look out for 60 vials of (laughs) bullsemen. It's out there somewhere, folks. It's very cold. Do not try and handle it. (laughs) It's already been been handled once.
1: (laughs) I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening.
2: Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy is a production of nickandroy.com. Visit nickandroy.com to access the full library of episodes